everybody, and welcome back to the Outbreak Podcast. This is an outlet for discussing creativity and the great beyond. We also discuss everything from gaming to film to the dark corners of the internet. I'm your host on this wild ride, William Key. Welcome back. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We're actually only a couple of episodes off from my old goal on my old podcast. Uh, We recorded, I believe it was 28 episodes of the Stardust Drive podcast. This was a podcast I used to work on with friends years ago. We ended it in 2016. And episode 28 actually never got released to uh, Apple Podcasts. It actually stayed on SoundCloud for a couple of months and then eventually just disappeared. I removed it in place of other audio files. Let me know, actually, uh, because I've been circling around the idea of possibly re-releasing episode 28 uh, through the Outbreak podcast as sort of a bonus episode. Mind you, there's some news articles and stuff that are a little dated, given the fact that it's from 2016. But I'm curious to see what you guys think, because this is me in a, in a certain area of my life where and I was still working with friends uh, on this podcast. So it was a group of four of us uh, doing a, a podcast together. And, it, and the formatting is very similar to how this podcast runs, actually. So I, I borrowed a lot of the lineup and how I kind of framed the show from that one originally. So if you guys are interested, let me know. Uh, shoot me a message on Discord or send me a comment on Twitter or whatnot. If you guys want to hear that episode, I'll, maybe I'll release it as a bonus episode. Give a little bit of context, obviously, um, in the episode before I release it. So that way you know that it is an old episode and that... Um, some of the news in that that was talked about in that article was not new news but uh first off i want to kind of discuss the fact that so wandavision just finished up uh last week and uh i I have a couple of thoughts on the finale actually uh i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed the series as a whole i thought this was a fantastic take on scarlet witch and vision's uh story and they sort of cemented their little place in the universe it definitely wasn't what i was expecting the only issue I had was that there was a lot of unanswered questions after the finale had ended. There was a lot of stones that were kind of left unturned. And I'm kind of uncovering more and more as I kind of dig deeper into the finale. I was talking about it with Red, one of the other guys on the Discord server, and we were kind of discussing our thoughts on it because I kind of revisited it in my head and realized that like I wasn't 100% satisfied with the ending. I thought that the conclusion for Elizabeth Olsen's Scarlet Witch was fantastic. I thought that Monica Rambeau's story wrapped up with a nice little bow. But then you have some sort of unanswered questions for characters like Jimmy Woo, Darcy, Tyler Haywood, as well as uh, Vision's story isn't completely confirmed. But that's okay because, I mean, at least with Vision, you know, there's a hope that he's going to come back. Do we know if it's going to come back as the original Vision or as the new uh, White Vision? Only time will tell. There was a lot of excellent scenes in that finale. I thought the most, the best scene of the finale it wasn't even the fight scene between uh, Scarlet Witch and Agatha Harkness. It was actually the scene uh, after when the uh, the WandaVision uh, world was being taken apart and Wanda and Vision went back to their, their home that they had basically gone through decades with with their two kids put the kids to bed and they're basically living out their last few moments in this sort of fantasy land and then when it finally when the void kind of like encapsulates them and everything disappears you realize that she's standing in the sort of empty shell of the home that she had sort of built up in her mind that was that was a that was a very impactful scene now there were some post-credit scenes as well that i want to address and of course the post-credit scenes were fantastic 
gives us uh, a sneak peek into what is going to be happening in the future. As we know, Monica Rambeau has been called out to a mission by former friend of Captain Marvel's. We're assuming at this rate it is uh, Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury. So it's either going to be tied into the Secret Invasion story that's going to be taking place on Disney+, Plus, or uh, I think we know that she's going to be appearing in Captain Marvel 2, so it could be connected to that. As well, we see sort of the hints as to where Scarlet Witch is gone. She's sort of taken up refuge in a cabin in the middle of nowhere. Um, and she's got an astral projection of her Scarlet Witch persona reading through the Darkhold book, trying to figure out how to get her kids back because her kids were lost uh, when the WandaVision barrier was brought down. So that scene will ultimately tie into Doctor Strange 2 and the Multiverse of Madness and will probably have ripple effects for the rest of the MCU, considering magic is now confirmed to exist in this universe. A couple of things that I was not really satisfied with, I already mentioned that it's unclear what is going to come of Darcy Lewis and Jimmy Woo, because their storylines weren't really tied up very well. Also, there was um, the scene from, I believe it was episode two, with the beekeeper. We never found out what happened to the beekeeper, the, the who was the sword agent that got sent in to infiltrate WandaVision. And as well, we never got to find out who the aerospace engineer was that Monica Rambeau was hinting at around episode four or five. That was a friend of hers. People, there was a lot of fan speculation that suggested it was Reed Richards from the Fantastic Four, and that would be their way of sort of bringing Fantastic Four into the fold. Um, as we know, there's already a Fantastic Four movie in development, so this would have sort of been the preamble to kick off that, that film. But that never came about. And one of the more bigger underwhelming scenes that I found from this film or from this series was ultimately what ended up happening with the Quicksilver lookalike played by Evan Peters. Just ended up being an ordinary guy by the name of Ralph Boner. And they kind of make that joke and it doesn't really, it's kind of one of the most like unnecessary or not unnecessary. It's one of the most like jarring scenes because it, it, it doesn't really fit in with the rest of the themes of the show. It's sort of like a, a one-off joke. It almost reminded me of of um, in Iron Man 3 when the Mandarin turned out to just be an actor. That's kind of what it felt like. It was like you kind of play up this character as he's going to be something bigger than he actually is, and it only turns out to be just some random guy. So that, I felt, was one of the more underwhelming revelations in the finale. Otherwise, I'm going to give the finale another watch in my own time, and I'll probably end up rewatching the series with my wife because I know she hasn't watched it, and I've told her several times if she's going to keep up with everything going on in the MCU with me, then she has to watch the series as well. And thankfully, it's relatively short. It's only nine episodes, so we should be able to get through it quickly. Let's move on to some of our actual stories. The first one I wanted to talk about was an actually, it was a very interesting report that came out of Bloomberg. That seems to suggest that the upcoming Harry Potter role-playing game, Hogwarts Legacy, will have an inclusive character creator that will allow players to choose voice and body type unrelated to gender, trans-inclusive character creation. This comes on the back of a number of transphobic comments on social media by the author J.K. Rowling, who is the creator of the Harry Potter character and the universe. Now, back in September, Warner Brothers Games had published an FAQ that stated that Rowling is not directly involved in the video game, but that her writing is the foundation of the project. Now, despite her lack of involvement, it's very clear that Harry Potter and Hogwarts and anything to do with that 
franchise is still tied to J.K. Rowling, whether or not she's directly involved in it or not. So that puts a bit of a dark cloud over top of this game. The developers behind Hogwarts Legacy have been fighting to add an inclusive character creator and a transgender character, according to the report. Management reportedly resisted, but currently the character customization is included in the game. Now, we're set to see this game come out sometime next year. Uh, It's going to be coming to all the consoles, including the uh, last-gen consoles, PS4 and Xbox One. And the game is going to be set in the 1800s, so it's not even going to be following the uh, story of the Harry Potter films and books. It's going to be its own story. I'm all for a trans-inclusive character creator. If, if anything, it just, it's just to kind of give like poke J.K. Rowling in the back and be like, hey, hey, look, we're still we're doing this in your games. Like, you may not agree with it, you may not like it, but this is what we're doing. And they're trying to differentiate themselves from J.K. Rowling as much as possible, which, you know what, it's fine. And it also gives um, players an opportunity to, especially the trans community, an opportunity to, to create a character that is a lot like themselves. Because for a lot of these character creation games, you're not given the option of an, a third option. It's usually male or female. That unless of course you're playing something like a, like an Elder Scrolls Skyrim where you can choose as different races, but that's not really the same thing. I think that the the uh, LGBT community wants to have a whole slew of different options, and I think this is one way that we're working towards that. And hopefully, we'll see it in other games outside of this one. Moving forward to another story, did you guys know that it was actually the 25th anniversary of the Pokemon games? I I didn't realize that this was the 25th anniversary. Pokemon games debuted in 1996. I was five years old, so the first one I ever got to play was Pokemon Blue on the Game Boy Color. But there were some new announcements uh, on the midst of the 25th anniversary, including, well, we all know that there's a new Pokemon Snap game coming out, which is amazing. It hasn't seen Pokemon Snap since, I believe, the late 90s, early 2000s. So there's been a ton of Pokemon games now, and I'm sure with the new Pokemon Snap game, there'll be plenty and plenty of Pokemon to take pictures of. But the two big reveals were two new games, one called Pokemon Legends Arceus and Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Now the latter of these two games I mentioned is um, a remaster remake of the Pokemon Diamond and Pearl back from 2007. This has been uh, long rumored for for a long time because I mean it's continuing the trend of, of remaking the old games. This I believe is the first one of the original Game Boy uh, or and Nintendo DS games that's going to be on a console. So the graphics are booted up to uh, work on a console. And it also makes me wonder if eventually down the line they're going to go back and do blue, red, gold, silver, all those ones and try to bring them to the Switch or future Nintendo consoles. And then Pokemon Legends Arceus actually looks like a legit open world Pokemon game where you're like walking around, you're throwing Pokeballs at Pokemon and battling with Pokemon. It, I don't know what this is going to be. I don't like, it seems like a brand new story and it's pretty exciting. I don't know if I'm going to end up playing it, but it's probably the start of a brand new series in Pokemon. There's not really much known about it other than the fact that Arceus is going to be in it. You get to play as a character, a Pokemon trainer and his Pokemon throughout the world. I don't know if this is actually a new region or if this is a pre-existing region that's already been introduced in Pokemon. Again, only time will tell. We'll get more information as the weeks progress. The next story that I wanted to talk about is 
about Dr. Disrespect. He was a former Twitch streamer. Now he's over on YouTube kind of making a name for himself despite the controversy that actually got him banned permanently from Twitch platform last year. According to Screen Rant, a voice actor behind the Call of Duty franchise, Jeff Leach, he does the voice of Ghost in Call of Duty Modern Warfare. He suggested that he knows the real reason why Dr. Disrespect was actually uh, banned from Twitch. He did an interview with Dan Allen Gaming where he heard rumors of what had happened with, with Dr. Disrespect via people that he knew from Twitch. And what he had heard was that he was possibly renegotiating his contract and he was using offers from Mixer. Mixer was still live and well back then. And he was using offers he was getting from Mixer as leverage to get a, himself a bit more money out of Twitch. This is just rumors. This is just hearsay. It's not 100%. And it's not something that we have heard. I don't think when while the rumors were kind of circling around Dr. Disrespect's leave, some people thought that it had to do with, say, his actions towards fans. Could have been some of the things he was saying on Twitch about uh, 5G networks and lizard people and all these conspiracies. Remember, COVID was running pretty rampant during the summer. It could have basically been anything. All we know, I think, from his last stream was that he received a phone call. Things went silent. Then he said, crap or shit. I can't remember what it was. The stream basically went black. And he was basically done on Twitch from that point on. And like I said, he's been on YouTube. And he doesn't seem to have skipped a beat. Now, the, again, the only people who would definitely know what had happened are Dr. Disrespect himself and Twitch. Twitch has not really been known for giving out reasons for why they ban people, it tends to just happen. And it looks like for the time being, you won't be seeing him back on Twitch. But given the fact that he made he was the face of Twitch for a long time, definitely him being not being on the platform anymore has affected the platform greatly, and a lot of people miss him. He's he was a um, an interesting face to watch. Now I was sent this next article uh, from Red, who is also on the Discord server. And I mentioned that he was on the Discord server earlier. Shout out to Red's Ramblings. And go listen to his podcast. I, he does... Uh, this is kind of my early shout out for Red's Ramblings. Sorry. If we're skipping over this article, we'll just go straight to the shout outs. Uh, Red's Ramblings, he does uh, cultures from around the world. It's a segment where he interviews a person from a different country to find out more about their culture. Um, and he interviews other people as well. But that's his main segment. That's what he's known for on his podcasts. It's very interesting. You learn a lot about different types of people. So go ahead and listen to Red's Ramblings on Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast. <laughs> he sent me this article, and it's definitely something that I would have never actually come across, but I, I actually find it very interesting. Now, the company Orbital Assembly is a large space construction company, and they announced this year in a virtual event on their YouTube channel that it is beginning construction on the world's first space hotel and that'll take place sometime in 2026. And the chief executive of Orbital Assembly, John Blinko, had told the Washington Post that the coronavirus pandemic may ultimately delay the construction from its original 2025 projection, but he believes that it could take a, another year or two to assemble, assemble the Voyager station, the commercial space station that will house the hotel. Tourists who are interested in going and staying on the Voyager station will need to undergo some training both safety and physical before boarding this shuttle, which has actually been designed to accommodate up to 288 guests and 112 crew members. 
scientists are con conducting low gravity research and service industry professionals doing what they do best but in space these included world-renowned chefs Blinko plans to work with who will have the chance to build out electric and fire-free kitchens in the space station there is a couple of different things that they were talking about doing as well this rotating structure that they're trying to build will have its own artificial gravity uh, so that the tourists won't be floating around the place just because the it'll have its own artificial gravity doesn't mean that you won't be jumping like normal like you're in planet earth when you jump in the air you're going to jump five times higher he says that jumping can be done at the voyager station's gymnasium which is an area where space tourists can work or play games and the gymnasium will also be an entertainment venue for such big artists that he mentions like sting and beyonce they're gonna have two shows every night it's part of the entertainment package oh man it's this seems like an excellent place to go but what is the price gonna be like Come on, it's not going to be freaking cheap. Blinko is saying that a trip to the first space hotel should cost $5 million for about three and a half days orbiting the Earth. That, apparently, is exceptionally cheaper than other up-and-coming opportunities for private citizens. For example, Axiom's space trip up to the International Space Station for eight days actually costs about $55 million a ticket. Where are these people getting this money from? Like, fuck, man, I can barely, I can barely pull in 50,000 50, a year on my income. So basically, Donald Trump would probably be one of the only people who can afford to go up to the space station. Mind you, I don't think that the space station will take him. I mean, he's a bit of an airhead himself. He'd actually, you know what? He could just, he could just live up there himself. We don't even have to deal with him anymore. Donald Trump can just, you know, Donald, send him to, to space. Actually, I don't know why they haven't considered Donald Trump for that one uh, space trip to Mars, which was like the one-way ticket. That'd be perfect for him. Now he can go and he can populate a whole new planet. We don't ever have to see him again. He can just stay there. That's fantastic. I don't know why anybody hasn't thought about this. Anyways, I look forward to seeing more about this space hotel. I, I want to see some pictures of what this place is going to look like. A lot of this stuff that this guy's promising isn't in the next couple of years. you got to think. I hope that this isn't some sort of flop like the fire Festival was. Come on. Let's, let's be real. That, that festival promised a lot and it under-delivered big time. So, thank you guys so much for tuning in. That is it for the podcast. You can head over to my blog, wkey.wordpress.com, where I will occasionally post feature-length articles, news pieces, or general opinions on anything that I find interesting. Um, on the socials, you can follow me on Facebook, facebook.com backslash the Outbreak Podcast. I also have Twitter. Follow the podcast Twitter at Podcast Outbreak, or you can follow me on my personal Twitter, at Will Key. I have a Redbubble store, so Redbubble search William Outbreak. There's actually a new design on the store. So you can have the, I have the song on Rock Band shirt, which has a funny looking picture of myself with a rainbow in the back. I think that would look great as a shower curtain, or perhaps as a duvet on your bed. Please consider getting it. It is, uh, I, honestly, I made that design all by myself. I'm pretty proud of it. It's, it's cool. And I've been meaning to make one that has that quote for a long time, even before the Outbreak podcast. Uh, on Discord, uh, I have a link in my Linktree uh, profile, which is Linktree, so it's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E dot com backslash the Outbreak Podcast, where you can get a link to my Discord server. Please join there. We have lots of fun chats about games, movies, television, sending memes to each other. It's so much fun. 
be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Reviews mean so much to me. We're hosted on Podbean, but you can find us anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, Player FM, the list goes on and on. Thank you guys so much for coming and listening to this episode, and have yourselves a great night.